Welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, as we close out 2023 and prepare to start a new year, whatever it may bring, we are looking back on the highlights, lowlights, and trends that shaped our calendar year. To that end, Walker Evans, Susan Post, and I spent some time discussing the most impactful, interesting, and buzzworthy local stories of the past year. And listen in for an announcement or two during the episode. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Enjoy the interview. Sitting down here with Walker Evans, the co-founder and editor of Columbus Underground and Columbus Underground and Metropreneur Associate Editor Susan Post. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Good. We are here talking about, we're rounding up the year basically in news and trends, not necessarily the best read stories, but just sort of the uh, the things that had an impact this year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we kind of started to go back through the, the year, at the end of every year, kind of kind of looking back, and these are the, bi- the big trends that jumped out at us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God bless analytics. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, talk us through, first of all, uh, the North Graveyard, all the stories that happened there. I will point people back to the original episode that we did with Jesse on it. Yeah. Uh, but sort of how has that developed over time? Well, the original uh, version was that he approached us and said, hey, I want to write about this. And we kind of thought, sure, knock yourself out. Like, if somebody reads it, that's great. But this this sounds like more something he was going to do for him more than anyone yeah. else. And to our surprise, it was very well read. Very, very well read. Yeah. And I think there have been 10 articles now, and there's about to be an 11th. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Jesse's just done a phenomenal job of coming at it from a lot of different angles and talking mm-hmm. to a lot of stakeholders involved in the project, um, you know, from the archaeologists to the North Market to local Columbus ghost connoisseur, Bucky Cutright. So it's been really fascinating to read them as they come in. Yeah. And, and I think it speaks to the, um, you know, sometimes I think we do take for granted that people do like learning more about the history of the city mm-hmm. and there's a lot of history there and he's been really kind of delving into that, you know, sort of category. So it's mm-hmm. been great to see. Fair to say that there's a book coming out of this. It sounds like I wouldn't it. be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we can save sort of how's that licensing agreement work for the future. Uh, <laughs> it's work for hire yeah. after all. Yeah. Uh, next up on our list, uh, the peninsula and phase one is done after a decade of planning and there's more to come. Yeah. yeah. So the, yeah, the Scioto Peninsula, which, you know, if you want to go way, way back, I mean, you can trace it back to the origins of the Franklinton flood wall, mm-hmm. uh, which was decided needed to be built like in the 60s or 70s. So it, it goes back a very long time. Uh, but development had been at a moratorium for the majority of Franklinton. You know, that got approved. The, the city and county decided we have all this land right there all around Kosai. Let's mm-hmm. do something with it. So uh, a lot of those planning efforts really got underway in like 2012, 2013. And phase one opened this year. So we've seen this rash mm-hmm. of new development kind of boom, boom, boom throughout the summer. The the hotel, the Junto opened, the different bars and yep. stuff inside of that, the office building, the apartments. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. Susan's been to quite a few of the openings. Been there, over there several times. Yeah, yeah in the yeah. Junto, you've got you know three different kind of food and beverage options. You have the little West Tavern on the ground floor, Maudine's the coffee shop, and then we have a, yet another rooftop bar with Brass Eye. It's mm-hmm. got good views for Red, White, and Boom. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Um, 
so yeah, it's exciting to see that filling in and there's definitely more planned over the next couple of years that should be coming in over there. Like pins announced they'll be okay. moving um, their downtown location over there and backfilling the current space with a new concept. So eagerly awaiting to hear more on that. Yeah. And it's really nice too. It's funny. You hear people say things like this feels like bridge park. And it's yeah. like, well, that what you're saying is Bridge Park feels like a city, yeah. is what you're mm-hmm. saying. Because what, what's being built there is actually like city development sort of stuff. But it's, you know, uh, narrower roadways, kind of tighter areas. It's more pedestrian-centric. Mm-hmm. It's built right up against the park by Kosai. So it it feels like really new and exciting over there. And, and also, I should say, too, with the hotel, there's a couple small retail bays in there uh-huh. that have not come online yet, too. So even in this first phase, they're not even done rolling out what will be happening in those buildings. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I think it's going to be exciting how it kind of um, bleeds into Franklinton, too, and all the development that's going on at Gravity. And then the Dora is Mm -hmm. also part Uh of what's coming soon as well, because that will encompass that area as well. So you'll be able to sip a beverage and stroll around and... All through downtown, apparently. All, downtown oh, yeah. and Franklinton <laughs> and all over the place. Go across the yeah. bridges. Not all of downtown. Not like Discovery District. A lot of that okay. is not in there, but... Okay. Yeah. Uh, up next on the list, something a little bit less positive uh, that we hope would be East Market. Yeah. Um, for those that aren't familiar, I think mm-hmm. that there are folks that are not. Talk through what sort of the intention of East Market uh-huh. was and what what has happened yeah. with that project over time. I wouldn't say it's not positive. I would just say anytime you're trying to, you know, build a brand new large scale thing like that, you're going to have some ups and downs. And Mm -hmm. especially when you're working with food based businesses, that's a really tough industry to begin with. Um, So, you know, it's it's they've certainly had some vendor turnover and things like that. But, you know, I think it just takes time to to build things like like that up. But to answer your initial question, East Market isn't dissimilar from something like North Market, where you've got a large space that has um, a number of stalls and different vendors inside. Mm -hmm. Second floor has some seating area. There's also a couple of um, kind of in-house bars also. Um, So yeah, so like I I said, they have had some turnover, but they have a whole new slate of vendors that are coming in that I think is going to put them at capacity and... Um, you know, in, in talking with Aubrey Stevens, the leasing manager over there, they're making a conscious effort to kind of round things out. They're adding like a healthy food concept. There's mm. burgers and wings now. Um, there's a sandwich spot that's coming in. So I think they are trying to make sure this new wave is maybe a little more accessible for the neighborhood and, you know, has some more healthy options and just kind of round things out a little better. So I'm excited to see, you know, kind of what the new year brings for that space is, um, the newer vendors start coming online. So I'm hopeful. And I mean, you've got some other great restaurants that are surrounding it. You have CBC Beer Hall, local cantina. So maybe it hasn't been the smoothest year for that, but I still think it's a great, you know, addition to the neighborhood of, of taking these buildings that were vacant. And now there's something new and exciting there. So I think it's just going to take time. And do you attribute that at least some of it to putting things in there or folks going in there that like don't necessarily fit with the neighborhood and that wasn't the best or just not what, what was the problem? I don't know if there's like a specific problem. I mean, I do think it's a little bit of a destination, you Mm -hmm. know, you know, kind of have to make conscious effort to go there. Um, but 
you seem like you were going to add some more I, to that. I have, yeah. I have some thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I served on the board of directors at the North Market for six years. Yeah. So I'm very well in tune with the, you know, there's a discrepancy between what people say they want and what they mm-hmm. actually support. So everyone says we want grocery, 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 mm-hmm. produce, meat counters. And then what people end up buying is prepared food. Right. And, you know, there's this romantic idea of like, oh, an urban downtown, a city market should be the same thing that it was in 1887. Right. And the reality is that you go into your average Kroger, Giant Eagle, Whole Foods, they've leaned more prepared food over the past 20 years because that's where customer trends have gone. And that's where the margin is. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so... I think there's a discrepancy between what people say they want out of a market and what they actually will get. Because at the end of the day, you know, um, it's really tough to make money on produce, especially as a small operator. You're never yeah. going, you're never going to uh, sell apples cheaper than what Kroger can. Right. So well, at the end of the day, folks speak with their dollars. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's, it's been negative. I know there's been some turnover and so you're always going to have, you know, people online, mm-hmm. you know, complaining about stuff, but, mm-hmm. uh, then I think it's really become a neighborhood asset with the opening this year of CBC and mm-hmm. local cantina and kind of rounding out, you yeah. know, the, uh, the sort of the pedestrian areas, over that there. footprint. Yeah. yeah. And well, leisure club. And then the co-working, co-working space is coming space. online next mm-hmm. year. So, and I mean, there are a yeah. couple of vendors in the market that have expanded within mm-hmm. the market since yeah. they've been there. Like okay. Coso opened Little Cat and then um, also the Taste of Greece in Morocco. Street food, they're involved in the new burger spot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, Bearded Baker, Bearded Baker has expanded mm-hmm. several times since they've been in there. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. some of them seem to be doing really well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next on the list, and again, we're in no particular order, but yeah. 10th anniversaries for Columbus Underground. Yes. Yeah. Round of applause, certainly, for Susan Post, 10 years here, Brent Warren. Also, uh, Miriam Bowers-Abbott, our food critic, mm-hmm. and Hope Madden, uh, our movie critic, both mm-hmm. came on 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I say this every once in a while, I don't think a lot of people know, but they both came to us from the other paper. Oh. So the other I, paper closed okay. 10 years ago, January it's of 2013. been that long. Yeah, okay. and they basically, the very next week, they just transitioned over and continued working with us okay yeah there you go yeah well susan first congrats i think i did it on another episode thank you so much yeah Yeah. i can't believe it's been 10 years it's gone very fast Mm -hmm. but it's been great it's been a lot of fun and i've had the opportunity to do a lot of stuff um over 10 years and i really enjoy it so it's been a it's been a good time to get to you know work around all of these other great folks that have been around for a long time so it's cool to get to work with people that are really passionate and knowledgeable about what they're writing about so yeah and a little bit more into sort of the business of Columbus Underground, we have here on the list uh, TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we're on TikTok. Yes. How's that? Been? Whether we want to be or not. Uh, well, we've had a TikTok account for a couple of years. Like mm-hmm. anytime any new platform launches, you know, the first thing you do is get in there and claim your username before right. somebody else does. <laughs> which is why we have a Truth Social account just to have our name on there, so nobody else has it. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. I, I don't fact. think we have any followers. Don't post anything on there. But, okay. Um, just so no one else t- that name. takes our name and post bad things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we never really used TikTok much. Um, we had a great uh, video editing intern this summer. Shout out to Corey mm-hmm. uh, for uh, all of his help with that. Um, but we started posting some videos on there, seeing what people engage with. And what turned out to be really popular were these silly, uh, long lost but not completely gone food mm-hmm. destinations with our friend Jesse Yost, friend, mm-hmm. friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so the, the the couple of big ones we've done collectively, I 
uh, 2.5 million views. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. That's nothing to sneeze at. No, no. no. Yeah. I, I, I'd call that viral, like on a local mm-hmm. or, you know, regional yeah. level. But uh, the Ponderosa visit was very well <laughs> I want to go to Ponderosa so bad now. <laughs> yeah. There's only, there's only one left in Central Ohio on South High Street. So we, okay. went, we went down there. We went to the York Steakhouse out on the west mm-hmm. side. That was very well watched. We went to Racks down in Lancaster. There's only a handful of Racks left. Yeah. We went to Arthur Treacher's. There's only two of those left. Uh, that's a just outside of Akron, mm-hmm. like Cuyahoga Falls. Okay. Um, not quite as well viewed and, and more recent, but we went to Quiznos. There's only mm-hmm. two Quiznos left in the entire state. Okay. <laughs> there used to be like 30 in central Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, there's a Quiznos on every corner. There's one on the cap. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah. Was there really? In the short yes. north, yeah. Oh, oh my God. We well, had a, there was a Quiznos and I think a Cold Stone Creamery. I feel like I remember like the Cold bit. Stone. Or maybe yeah. that was in the Gateway. Yeah. Okay. But in, anyway... Uh, there's only two Quiznos left in Ohio when we went to one and people are, people have feelings about these things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's a testament to engagement, right? Yeah. And like, you don't necessarily know how things are going to turn out. Mm-hmm. I will take this opportunity to give a little plug that the Confluence cast is now on YouTube. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's available. We were just having a discussion beforehand about like, Hey, audio listeners seem a little soft right now, but like the video views are way up. Yeah. And so, yeah. You basically sort of put content wherever you think folks are going to be, and sometimes you don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and sometimes it takes that like sixty second YouTube short to get someone's attention, and they realize mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a podcast, and I can get it on iTunes, and so or Apple. I guess iTunes isn't really a thing anymore. Uh, <laughs> I still call it iTunes, just Same. like Twitter and X. Um, but yeah, so you never know how you get people's attention. Yeah. Suck them in. Do you want to talk about, so we were talking also about your uh, social media philosophy and how like it takes a lot of time to post this stuff, right? Yeah. And you have sort of made the decision, and I think this will be revealing a bit, that Columbus Underground, while it will retain its username, is not going to be posting on Twitter that much. Yeah. Yeah. We've been kind of going back and forth with it all year. Um, One, uh, it's gotten to be a really bad place under Elon Musk. Uh, mm-hmm. partly because of his leadership decisions and partly because of the things that he says himself on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the engagement is down. The amount of traffic it drives our website is down. It's, you know, and, and it has been on that trajectory even before him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's really become a time sink that we don't really see a lot of value in. Well, and other news outlets, specifically NPR, mm-hmm. have po- pointed out, like, we didn't lose any traffic or if right. we did, it was minimal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Up next, Walker, you've been diving deep into sort of like shopping malls and retail specifically and the the rise and fall of Eastland, Westland. Can we talk through that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, there's a great podcast interview with uh, Doug Motes Mm -hmm. about Eastland, which that kind of kicked the news off because that closed right at the tail end of 2022. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there was a lot of discussion about what's going to happen next with Eastland. The city's still trying to figure that out. Uh, That'll probably move faster than Westland because Eastland was located within the city of Columbus, whereas Westland was located in Franklin Township. Mm -hmm. So they've never had really the money, the budget, the political push maybe to get that site demolished redeveloped taken care of yeah yeah but they did acquire funding from the state of ohio Mm -hmm. so demolition i think it's begun i haven't driven out there in a minute yeah i'm not sure um so the the big question i had you know the beginning of the year was well that makes tuttle now our oldest mall and it's only 26 years old Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it's starting to kind of falter and so we've done some more investigating into that and that's been a very well-read ongoing Mm -hmm. story throughout the course of the year yeah and just before the, we started this podcast, found out a couple more stores are closing within Tuttle. So 
Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I can't remember the last time I've been there, which I guess kind of it's says a testament, it all. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I think a lot of people don't even realize too that the uh, owner, the most recent owner, uh, Simon, walked away from the mall. Mm-hmm. Basically, just said it was in receivership. Let it go to receivership. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it was, uh, and that was maybe like April of 2020, if I'm mm-hmm. remembering correctly. So, okay. right at the start of the pandemic, they just kind of walked away from it. So, it's been court, uh, you know, controlled, controlled, uh-huh. you know, without an owner for the past three years. And there, there was a court appointed uh, management company just kind of keeping the lights on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, they're not real. It doesn't seem and like they're it- actively recruiting new tenants. They're just sort of like, barely sweeping the floors which and, isn't good well, and it recently yeah so it, so they did yeah. finally find an owner after almost three years i mm-hmm. think of not having an owner and uh i don't think they're mall operators the, the three ownership companies they're more just like financial ownership arrangement so it's private equity yeah, yeah. so we'll and see I've we'll roll, see i've rolled my eyes at it yeah a couple of yeah times, right? yeah i mean I, I don't know much about them but generally speaking that doesn't bode well for the future of a of something that needs dedicated mall ownership and management. Yeah. And I'm curious, I guess this is a good opportunity to bring it up. Like we don't folks don't tend to comment a whole lot anymore, mm-hmm. right? Like they do on Facebook and stuff like that. But frankly, they do on YouTube, I'm discovering. But <laughs> we don't and the things that like at least the podcast, I will readily admit that the eight of the top 10 podcasts are about development. Yeah. And it's yeah. always like, oh, I want to know. And I, and I don't have a good sense, and mm-hmm. maybe you do, about why that is. About why, like, a local celebrity done good or uh, an artist or, uh, frankly, even just, like, a business or hi- history does well, but mm-hmm. but not mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Why you think development stories kind of pop off like that. Uh, I mean, I think they represent like massive changes in a city, you know, Mm -hmm. um, for, for, for better or worse. I mean, some people see it and they're like, oh, gentrification, traffic, affordability, you know, and some people see it as like, oh, this decrepit, you know, land or building or area is, is being reborn and Mm -hmm. that's exciting. So something new is going up and you want to know what it is. You're curious, you know, or do you think, and sorry, this is a yes. And that, uh, it basically helps people feel like they're in the know, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I know what's going in there or I know what's, what's happening there. I know where the latest sheets will be. Not that you guys (laughs) do that kind of reporting, but (laughs) that kind of reporting does exist. Yeah. And, and I've kind of boiled this down to some extent. Like when we look analytically, at our best read stories on Columbus Underground, it's development and food. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, but we do spend a lot of time writing about, you know, the arts and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, local civics theater and, and civics and yeah. stuff. But at the end of the day, human beings need to live, well, they should live in a house mm-hmm. and consume food. Yep. You don't have to buy a piece of art every day. You don't have to go see the ballet every day. You don't have to, you know, like all of that sort of stuff kind of falls by the wayside. Mm-hmm. But the, the things that are kind of like human essentials, rise to the top well i think that's an argument for more food podcasts so <laughs> there we go there you go yeah yeah let's do and it. now that we're on video we can do it live yeah 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 uh up next uh the elections we did uh we interviewed every city council mm-hmm. candidate mm-hmm. we interviewed the two mayoral candidates that were on the ballot uh we pushed them all out over the course of four weeks mm-hmm. and it was a lot yeah and you say we but you did 90 percent of the work so uh, yeah y- 
fair. I'm just I'm, give, I'm giving you props. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. It was yeah, a goal, yeah. and yeah. I and we got it done. It was. I would like to think of it as my art project for the year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if any other media outlet in town did that extensive mm-hmm. of a of a job covering the elections. I don't. Th- I mean, the dispatch certainly did their thing, and I yeah. think they did their their questionnaire, mm-hmm. or at least put it out there. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, that was kind of a trip, right? To yeah. get like every Everyone. single one of them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I had to send a couple follow-up emails. Sure. But every single one of them came yeah. in, sat down right mm-hmm. here and, gave and us did it. Ta- gave us their time. And mm-hmm. so props to them. Thanks to them mm-hmm. uh, for doing that, certainly. And it helped sort of relaunch the Confluence cast mm-hmm. this year. And mm-hmm. that, those were the first episodes that were on YouTube. So it's good. Yeah. I'm glad we did it. It was a fun process. I'm glad we did it. Yeah. Up next on the list, I have here just planning in general. So this is uh, basically maybe structural planning. Mm-hmm. This is Link Us, which we just did an episode about, Amtrak, Zone In, Vision Zero, Rapid Five, mm-hmm. all of that, you know, everything seems to be moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't think I even had on the list here the downtown development plan update from 2022 mm-hmm. was also yeah. yeah so I mean l- lots of uh, it's very like nerdy technical stuff but mm-hmm. like highly highly important and yeah. so it was cool to see updates like all year long on all this stuff a lot of future shaping things I mm-hmm. would say as someone who follows this stuff pretty closely I mean, we can talk to Brent more about like oh sure yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. he's the real you yeah know, he's the real we'll OG. do a follow up <laughs> episode just with Brent yes. yeah 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 at least in your perspective and Susan, I want you to weigh in here too. Is it being, is it first of all, I know, I think I know the answer to this is enough being done. Mm -hmm. And two is the work that's being done, being done well. I think it depends upon which plan we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Cause they're they're different groups and they all, they all overlap, you know, they all have to interconnect. Um, I think there's a lot of really good, important stuff being done with link us. Mm-hmm. I think uh, everyone seems very positive that we will hear some positive news about Amtrak. I mean, we can mm-hmm. plan all day Any long. Any day for now. That. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, maybe even after, you know, before yeah. this podcast comes out. Um, but that relies upon the federal government to get back to us on that. So that, uh, some of that's out of our control. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there have been a couple missed opportunities with this, uh, not zone in, uh, Vision Zero. Okay. It's supposed to be about reducing pedestrian deaths. Uh, there are a couple instances of where we're tearing down buildings to widen roads so traffic can continue to go fast. And mm-hmm. I think that runs mm-hmm. Very 180 degrees <laughs> counter with that. Um, yeah. And and I think to some degree it's the left hand, right hand doesn't know what each other's doing across like city departments and stuff. So I think they have to continue mm-hmm. to work to rein some of that in uh, to really make a difference. Um, and then with Zone In, you know, it's, it's kind of divided into this two part, you know, a phase one and a phase two. Personally speaking, purely personally speaking, I think it should be going faster. I think we should just have one phase and get it all done right away. Okay. Um, I understand why we're doing it that way, but it's it's one of those like it's going to become a problem really quick. Like housing is already mm-hmm. becoming unaffordable. It's going to get worse if we don't move fast, and I'd love to see us move faster. And then, you know, as someone that's not as well versed in this stuff, I, you know, I would say I see a lot of planning and I'm excited to see more action in the coming years. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like a lot of people forget that all all of this stuff takes a lot of time and Mm -hmm. a lot of planning and a lot of money. And it's not just going to happen overnight and, you know, can certainly get like frustrated waiting for it. But 
excited to see how some of these bigger things come together in the long run. Yeah. The, a great example of that is the, the downtown development plan summer mm-hmm. of 2022 when this stuff was announced. A lot of that has to do with just updating infrastructure. And so a good example of that is turning more one-way streets into two-way streets, which we've done some of, you know, Gay Street right down below is a great right. example, mm-hmm. which was like 17 years ago we did that. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward a full year to summer of 2023, and the city says, okay, the first one we're going to do is uh, this chunk of Front, front Street from Broad Marconi to also. Hickory and a piece of Marconi. Yeah. Okay. Because there's a couple of blocks where, like, it's one way for just a few blocks. It's two ways on mm-hmm. both sides. There's really no reason it needs to be one way. So they announced this is what we're going to do and first. And it's three or four lanes already, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, we're almost in December, and it still hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So, like, is the first thing going to be done in 2024 from the 2022 plan? Does it really take two years to, like turn three blocks of a street from two way to one. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's going at a snail's pace. And so I, I think people feel those frustrations sometimes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, pivoting a lot. Yes. <laughs> uh, you identified very early in the year and you were sort of like getting in my ear about it. And I was like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about comedy. Yeah. And like you were like, I, I think what I heard, and I don't think this is what you said is what I heard it's it's actually really good yeah Mm -hmm. and i was like okay cool and like you encouraged me to come out to some shows and you've put gotten a a couple folks to come out to a couple of shows Mm -hmm. and a lot more coverage on columbus underground and i feel like in addition to see you i am hearing a lot more about comedy and Mm -hmm. sort of i guess what's why the focus Mm -hmm. uh and is there something actually different or are we just realizing now that it's burgeoning? I think there's a couple of things that are different. Um, I think there's sort of the pent up demand, uh, you know, people mm-hmm. spend a lot of time locked in during the pandemic. People want to get out and do things again. So, so there's that the social media platforms trending toward short form video, uh, has been kind of a godsend for comedians who can post like 30 mm-hmm. second, one minute clips. It's it's great for for stand up to be elevated onto those spaces in a way that it wasn't before. And, mm-hmm. and that's TikTok, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, Facebook Stories, you know, all of that stuff. Um, but also, you know, the 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 level that you know groups like uh, the Attic opening. Uh, hashtag just open their space, which is improv, but they also do some stand-up events. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Don't Tell group that runs those events in the city, like really knocking it out of the park. There's there is a little bit of a local, you know, anomaly going on as well, and all these things are sort of starting to gel in a way that um, I just think it's really cool to see. And do you happen to have plans for next year for how like you want to insert yourself <laughs> or Columbus Underground into that scene? Uh, I mean, they'll, they'll be like, an I didn't get prior <laughs> authorization <laughs> to, ja- to bring this up. January, we'll be announcing some stuff. Oh, I guess this could be a little tidbit for those listening mm-hmm. to yeah. the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Go so ahead. Columbus Underground does some event production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do our largest event is the Columbus Coffee Festival, mm-hmm. which uh, we just did our eighth year. Mm-hmm. Uh, 8,500 people in attendance over two days. So it's become a pretty big thing. And so we, we're always thinking about what, what is Columbus missing? You know, we don't want to just do another beer festival because there's plenty of those. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, comedy festival seems like a good idea. And so we're talking with everyone from, you know, the Funny Bone at Easton to The Attic to Don't Tell to the Improv Groups, Shadowbox, Nest, uh, about what that will look like for next year. So Great. more details to come, but 
yeah, we really just want to like put our arms around everyone and get everyone on board and make sure everyone gets gets uplifted. Good. Uh, next up on our list, uh, Cameron Mitchell and the stuff that's that that organization has been doing. Yes. Susan, if you want to speak to what's, Busier. what's happening, yeah, busier, yeah. So, um, Cameron Mitchell opened two new restaurants in Central Ohio this year. Valentina's out at Bridge Park, which to me is kind of like a cross between Marcella's and Martini. Okay. Um, And then Cento in German Village, uh, which is definitely kind of swinging for the fences, a little more upscale. Um, So those open pretty close to each other. Um, And then they have two more restaurants announced for Central Ohio. There's Butcher and Rose, which is going to go in the Preston Center downtown. Um, So it's going to be a steakhouse. Looking like it's going to be pretty impressive. They've done a ton of work on that building. Um, and I'm sorry, what is the Preston Center? It's the PNC Plaza. Ah, the yeah. New Plaza. Okay. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be, I think, some sort of glass enclosure situation. Um, and then they're also working on a Mediterranean concept at Easton. Um, and there's been a little bit of to do about this okay. because the building permits listed as Del Mar. Okay. Um, and. They haven't confirmed that that's what it's going to be, but the Del Mar in Florida is more Mediterranean. So okay, than the one we have here. Than the one we have here. Okay. Um, so, so someone may rebrand, or it may just be a whole new concept yeah. for Columbus. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. So more on the horizon. There you go. Mm-hmm. And then last, at least on our cur- on our looking back list, mm-hmm. uh, demolition and preservation. Some buildings saved. Some buildings lost. Maybe this is our in memoriam sort of section <laughs> of, of the yeah. episode. Yeah, I mean, there are some some things like the ice house building downtown in the in the in the warehouse district. We lost a warehouse in the warehouse district, which mm-hmm. which uh, a lot of people are pretty bummed to to mm-hmm. learn that building was coming down. Um, but I but I think it put some attention back into what it takes to save some of those types of properties. Mm-hmm. Um, Brent has played a great role in kind of helping to shine a light whenever anything is even like a whiff of demolition is starting to happen. A great example of that is uh, the Ohio State University hospital system announced they were going to tear down the Henderson House. House. I always want to say Harrison House. The Henderson House over there on Taylor Avenue. Yeah. uh, Historic, you know, especially within, you know, black owned business community. This is historic property. Um, And Brent wrote about, hey, they're considering this and everyone got pretty irate and then osu said "Eh, maybe we won't tear that down maybe we'll do something else good because they have a lot of land over there they don't have to tear that building down right so some like proactive journalism in that realm has has played a nice role and um the the, kind of the next thing i i mentioned earlier this year but i want to dedicate some more time to it is the original spaghetti warehouse building Mm -hmm. which is collapsing in on itself and if nobody takes any action it's also probably going to be demolished yeah and that's Mm -hmm. a pretty significant building in franklinton that could be saved and restored so it's it's a never-ending battle but i I think more and more people are paying attention to that sort of stuff wrapping things up today Mm -hmm. what are you looking for in addition to whatever the comedy festival sort of turns out to look like what are you looking forward to in 2024 uh i mean we have some other events Mm -hmm. um you know kind of changing growing you know that sort of stuff so that's Mm -hmm. that's that's on top of mind on the horizon um we've been in the process of interviewing to hire some new freelancers great yeah and a big sort of categorical push behind that is local music coverage mm-hmm. yeah i know we, we sat down and talked about this a while back so yeah uh we want to really kick the year off with kind of focusing on that in in a sort of a new way and really shining a spotlight back on that creative part of the community 
Good. Yeah. And I will say for, at least for the Confluence cast part, want to, first of all, maintain the consistency that we've had. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. success breeds success in that realm. And also step it up a little bit in terms of, you know, we've thankfully you let me use this uh, conference room Mm -hmm. every Thursday afternoon, uh, but have more folks come in Mm -hmm. that folks are interested in hearing about. Like the goal has always been to elevate people and ideas and happenings that people may not know about, but also there's nothing wrong with letting them hear from the folks they want to hear from. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So as always, if folks have ideas, they're welcome to email or comment or reach out. So cool. Yeah. Great. Thank you guys for your time. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks Tim. Thank you for listening to the confluence cast presented by Columbus underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite reporter. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. Our producer is Philip Cogley. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a happy new year.